Mind Your Mentals podcast is meant to help you name, identify, and understand the disorders that are prevalent in our society. We also strive to help you to understand the science behind the disorders and also understand what it may mean for you, your life, and your loved ones. The concept of mental health is way too broad and ambiguous, and so Mind Your Mentals podcast is here to help you demystify, untangle, and overall just simplify the entire process. Mental health is far from an easy topic, but yo, trust us, we got you. So make sure that you tune in every other Sunday to go on a new journey with Tim, Mal, and their featured guests. Yo, check it. This is the Mind Your Mentals podcast featuring Tim and Mal. Tune in, check in, subscribe, but mostly Mind Your Mentals. I want to, again, I'm going to shift a little bit now because I think this is an important aspect of your your journey as well. So you worked in a correctional uh, facility as as an employee, and then you left and came back as a therapist. So I want to just dive into that uh, because we don't talk about that space enough as a community, as a Black community. We don't. And 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 I'll raise my hand and say I don't talk about it enough, right? Um, um, I had a brother who went to jail, uh, federal charges did 13, 13 years. And, and I loved my brother. I looked up to him but when I was in my journey he would call me it would be the day I didn't pick up. I was that, I was that family member. And, and, and it was, it was, it was shame. It was resentment. It was, um, you're not here. You know what I mean? It was all of these things. It was a lot of it was resentment. Right. But it was like, well, you're not here. So you don't serve no purpose in my life. And that was a very selfish phase and space I went through. Um, and I apologized to him when, you know, years later after reflecting, I made that apology. And because um, I know the impact of of just wanting to connect and talk to your family when you're in that space. Yeah. So I just wanted to um, elevate this conversation and, and talk about that space and just, you know, what your experience was, what did you see from the standpoint of hope for yeah. our brothers and sisters in those, in those situations, right? Just, just the, the humanity, the potential. I want you to talk a little bit about those things uh, from, from working there and, and, and just seeing what what's the potential in there as well. Oh, man, you know, um, you know, I'll... I, I would say first off, while I was working in the facility, the word that came to mind was conflicted soul. Right. Mm-hmm. Um because like being a black officer in the face of mass incarceration is a different type of beast, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because every day I went in, I saw myself. And then years down the line, my brother, he got incarcerated, which he still is for something he didn't even do. And he's doing time for nothing, right? And with that, I still had to go back into and put that uniform on, knowing that they did him wrong, the system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And so <clears throat> with all that, how it, you know, it intentionally attacks us um 
and we're we're mass incarcerated my time in there i really met some good brothers right that they just need they just made a mistake right or they didn't have the the they didn't have the guidance or there someone there to support them right or they had a lot of trauma man i had so many black men cry to me right and i'm in an officer uniform but they felt comfortable enough to break down and say, man, this is stuff I never had. I've been able to talk about, right? And so you you see the humanity of people, right? Um, if you allow yourself to, because most people in there don't allow themselves to see the humanity of the men and women that are, are coming through there, right? Um, but I allow myself to see see the see he, the humanity, and um, it was a a catalyst to why I needed to continue to do what I'm doing now, right? Uh, because they'll just put us in there, and the the suffering will continue, right? Yeah. And our black men and women need their voice to be heard, right? And a lot of times, well, most of the times, once they're incarcerated, their voices are silenced, right? And I had this great privilege, right? An unfortunate privilege to allow them to open their voices and share their experiences in a space where they normally couldn't. And that was hopeful because mm -hmm. you, you knew these men and women had the potential to change, right? they just needed the space and the environment to do it, right? And it wasn't a lot of spaces when they exited that would give them that, right? Because when they got out, they would be wrapped in the same system that's really built for them to come back, right? And I was just seeing that um, for 10 years, man, um, that I would see Black men at their best when they were incarcerated with me you look the healthiest you're the clear your mind is clear it was at the best while you're in here this can't be it right i want you to be the best outside of here and and so it it, it was just an eye-opening journey for me uh to be an officer for 10 years it really shifted you know what my purpose was and what I needed to do, right? And then when it hit home, close to home as well, and just seeing my brother go through something and, and he had never been in any legal trouble in his, his life, right? And to now have to go to prison when that wasn't his lifestyle, just realizing how fragile life can change for me as a Black male <laughs> and how I need to be on my P's and Q's, but committed to some work that, that changes, you know, our situation, my situation, because, <laughs> you know, I'm a black man too, De regardless of the degree, I'm a black man first. Right. First. And, and so, and so, and people see me that see me as a black man first, they don't see the PhD, they see the black man. Right. And so my life can change so quickly. And I had the opportunity to talk to other brothers about that reality, right? Because I tell them, I'll talk to them. I said, man, once I take this uniform off, I'm you, man. 
when I, I I've drove home many of times and have been tailed by the police and stopped with my uniform on as a black man, right? And so, you know, it's a lot of pain, but there is some hope because who we are as a people, man, it's it's a trip how we can be in these situations and there could still be a love and a hope and a power in our people, even when we're being treated horribly, right? And I was able to see that uh, talking and sp spending 10 years with different type of black men, how they still had a hope and a love, you know, and an appreciation for people, even when life, you know, everything was on, on their shoulders, man. And so if they could do it, I can do it too then, right? Because they got everything on them. I'm able to leave here every day. Let me could be committed to doing something that helps them when they get out and help young people not get in that situation, right? Um, and I think that was the hope that I got of it out of all the stuff that was just horrible about it, right? That I had to experience and deal with. Yeah, it's deep. Just, well, two pieces really landed with me as the two of y'all were, were going back and forth about this. The first was like, the whole castaway methodology when people go to prison, right? It's like you, you, you cast away, right? Like you, Tom Hanks on the island now. We're not worried about you. We're not thinking about you. You fortunate if somebody checking in on you, putting money on your books. But for the most part, these prisons are housing people that society has deemed unfit to be out and and about with the regular population. Um, and then the secondary part is. The irony of all of that is many instances, folks go to jail, they get sober, they get in shape, they mental health, they starting to work on it, they communicating better with their partner, they got relationship with their child now, right? And yeah. so because the institution isolates you so much that it kind of, again, like brings you to that that breaking point, that that your, your worst moment in life, now you're able to reflect and see things and have a perspective that's a whole lot different and then the third part was the identity piece and, and the movie 187 with Samuel L. Jackson. At the very end, they have this moment where one of the gang members is sitting at the table and he's asking them like, yo, why do you go so hard for this? And he literally tells them, this is all I have, right? Like, this is all that people know of me. And again, you know, I, I, coming up in the East Coast, Tim, you know, like the, the time we growing up, that was a huge uptick in gangs, right? That like Inglewood came to Orange and started Double Lie. And so, you know, we're seeing this influence happen and we're seeing brothers that was studious now going hard for the streets. And it's like this change because they found something that they could identify with. And, and I found so much power, Dr. Norris, in, in your story, just period, because you're challenging people to identify with the true version of self, right? Not with who society tells you are, not what your block and your gang tells you are, not even necessarily who your parents tell you are, because that's a whole journey in and of itself as well. It's like, who are you to yourself? And then how do you externally live that out loud and be proud of that, man? And like to see Black men go through that journey, bro. It's something that for me, uh, it, it excites the heck out of me. And I'll forever be indebted to Tim for allowing me to co-host this podcast with him because I've been able to see that journey through so many guests that we've had on this show, right? That like it, that journey is so powerful. And to be able to like codify and encapsulate that and then share that with the black community is a beautiful yeah. thing because so much of this stuff is happening behind closed doors and brothers just ain't talking about it. 
let's have these conversations. Let's get this truth out into the public and in front of people so that these young brothers aren't making the same mistakes that we made, bro. Right. Like mm -hmm. we went through it. Our OGs went through it. Why are we perpetually making the same exact mistakes and filling these prisons and these graveyards up? Well, honestly, the vast majority of us know better. So, you know, again, like hearing that story, like the redemptive piece of prison is so ironic because you're sent there to never be seen potentially again. Right. And so even at your worst, you can still be at your best. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the the other piece about it too, um, when you talk about that, you know, you, you talk about that rehab, quote unquote, rehabilitative experience. And then when somebody comes out, there's everything possible thrown at them to send them back in <laughs> when they're actually in the small instances. And I won't say small, like saying that it, it doesn't happen, but in the instances where rehabilitation takes form and somebody gets out and is ready to commit to a different pattern of decision-making, but then every legal attempt to throw them back in the jail is presented at every opportunity they try to take advantage of that's the that's that's the that's the game and that's the part of the thing that that really we you know and it's and again it's the powers that be it's intentional right yeah. but like where can we shift right so like if if you have and this is um this would be a question about it then but dr dr norris but like yeah. If you have the awareness, because that's where we are, we're we're at an inflection. I think as a culture, I will say, and I could be wrong, but I really believe this. We're at we're at an we're at an inflection point where our our consciousness and awareness to the internal mental and emotional health of our people, we're starting to see the connection to the impact of white supremacy culture, and it's not just white supremacy or systemic racism, right? It's also what we took from that and what we internalized and how we connect with each other through that internalization, how we yes. treat each other, right? So we're starting to become aware of it. And it's like, okay, I got this awareness. What do I do now, right? And so this is where, if you're talking about the mental health, you know, the, the, the resources for financial literacy, there, there's the internet, we have all, we have access to a lot of information, but we still need to deal with this mental health piece. Um mm -hmm. I want to talk about Athemba, your organization, what you started. First of all, tell us what Athemba means and then tell us why you started this mental health um, consulting company. Um, so, so Athemba means hope in Zulu, the Zulu language, all right? Um, and it really bridged off the nonprofit that I started in 2012, which was Matumani Counseling and Community Center, which mm -hmm. also means hope in Swahili. Um, but I was doing that work um, to, and I created a community mental health clinic where we took Medicaid. I had interns. I have four cycles of interns. I had a board and I was doing that for five years straight while I was working at the jail. So I was doing both and I ran into some things with the board. They're all good people, but they didn't understand the urgency mm -hmm. of, of the black community. Right. And with the nonprofit, you can raise money and such and, and, and so forth. Uh, but they didn't want to really engage in that process. So the economics was really holding our growth up yeah. and everybody started jumping ship. So what I ended up doing was, you know what, I'm just going to go 
and be a solo practitioner and start my own company, LLC, Athamba Counseling, and start building the workout that way. So from there, most of the people I was engaged with wanted to work with me anyway, right? But mm. we were doing it through the nonprofit. So I ended up starting Athamba and start doing the work that I was already doing without consulting with the board. And that's what Athamba allowed me to do. And the goal was, is to provide mental health services for our community, but also do consulting and do works with schools, organizations, you know, uh, criminal justice systems uh, to talk about trauma, uh, to talk about our own trauma, our self-induced trauma, uh, the trauma from the historical legacy and how we internalize that and how it has impacted how we relate to one another, right? Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes that we're not even aware of. I think we are becoming aware now of how that trauma has impacted how we even cultivate our children and how we discipline them mm -hmm. and how we raise them. And so Athamba was really about creating that hope, man, and, and creating a place where people can come to move from hope to healing and really willing to engage in that journey. And that could be on an individual basis or that could be on a, you know, a community basis, right? How can we come together to begin the conversation um, and really helping people understand. And what I realized very early on in this journey is that suffering is inevitable. And once we understand that suffering is actually the pathway to hope and healing, mm. uh, we'll, we'll be on a better pathway. So how could I help people understand that what you're going through, the pathway to hope and healing is through this, not around it, right? And that's what I was really talking to folks in the community is that we got to go through this pain to get to the other side mentally and emotionally to do things differently. If we don't talk about it, if we try to go around it, it's going to come up, right? And impact things that we have going on in our lives and relationships and decisions, right? So Athama definitely uh, was birthed out of this idea that hope and healing can happen through the suffering that we've been through. Shout out to BreakingTea.com, collaborate with Monumentals podcast. You can check out the uh, Monumentals merch at www.BreakingTea.com. They have the Monumentals merch on there. They have all kinds of great merchandise around sports. And um, they're also supporting mental health, which is really important. So go there, check the website out. Stay present, stay positive. On that journey, what I see us do, we get stuck in the suffering. We get comfortable in the suffering. Yeah. And, and we stop and that's and then we just kind of live in that space as opposed to, like you said, working through to get to the other side. And yes. I think that that's one of the things that when you talk about even the avoidance piece, because you might when once you once you try to if you if you try to go explore mental health services and then you look and your options are not people who look like you who can talk to your experience. You avoid, you shut down and you go back the opposite way. You go back and sit in that suffering as opposed to working through and getting through it. So that's why Adamba is important. That's why um, the Ladipo group, the organization I'm at, important. Black Men Heal out here in, in mm -hmm. Philly is important. So these organizations are important because they're spaces where 
we are here to help support our community work through that suffering get the and get to hope and then get to healing because that's what we yeah. need that that's yeah. uh, when we when we get healed it's a it's, feel it's a good man the rest of the world <laughs> it's gonna feel good to us it's gonna and, feel good and, and it's a problem yeah oh <laughs> um, yeah i wanted to just sit for a second in the suffering piece because i think that that is such an important part of the humanistic experience that we all try to avoid right and a yes. part of like the foundational buddhist philosophy the four noble truths the eightfold path is yeah. suffering and like the only way is to like cut that cessation is to go through right like you know the only way through is straight man and you know yeah. we we try to veer left and veer right and we want to duck around it right like we think we running routes again we try to get away from the deep <laughs> yeah. not go straight through that right <laughs> so you know uh, uh the suffering piece is, is so important because also, a, a lot of times we think we're alone in our suffering. We're the only one that's suffering in this yes. way. And my homie hat always says, like, as as people, we're not islands. And I walk with that and I, I, I'll allow that to be my truth that in this moment, I might feel alone and isolated. But in reality, there are so many. If I just open my mouth and, mm -hmm. and, and speak my truth it'll grab so many people will gravitate towards that. Right. And so, you know, people listening Yes, suffering is an inevitable part of this journey, but if you do this right, you can experience joy in abundance. You can experience yes. happiness, right, in abundance. You can you can love and be loved in abundance, but it does ultimately come down to you accepting the truth of this thing that yes. you can't get away from it, right? It's a part yeah. of it, um, and, and this may sound weird, but enjoy that piece because that's also what makes us us. That's what makes us human. Um, and so, yeah, when you mentioned suffering, I was like, man, that's something that we as a as a community for sure have to come to terms with and have more active but positive conversations about it because we're all three living examples and testament that, yes, you can suffer, but you could also see your way through. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, I just love that piece for sure. Yeah, my, and I want to add to that that um, you talked about um, that just, you know, doing it the right way. And the first step to doing it the right way is just showing up. Yes. Showing up and 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 and, 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 and being vulnerable from the perspective yes. of I'm going to speak this thing that's going on inside of me and I'm going to speak it with the intent of getting healing from it. Yeah. Right. That's that's it. If you can commit to that piece, the yeah. healing is going to come. The hope is going right. to come when, when there is no hope. And then that healing is going to come yeah. because what you're doing is now you are, you're purging, <laughs> you're purging mm -hmm. the pain, right? Mm -hmm. When you speak yeah. about things going on in your life in a healthy environment, in a safe environment, you are purging the pain. You, the suffering is coming out of your body, out of your emotions, out of your mind, and it's getting replaced with hope, mm -hmm. Right. With, with 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 a positive sense sense himself, the idea we we did a we did an episode with my cousin Muhammad Masakwa on re, and we 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 labeled it resilience because he had a he went through his own trauma right mm -hmm. and we talked about our ability to bounce back and we have this natural innate to be resilient to any obstacle and in, in different situations and it's like we've had that but now we need to turn it to that inward resilience the meaning that yeah. we need to be able to be courageous and face the thing that's going on inside of us right because yeah. we can do it we can overcome it and we and there's healing on the other side so 
Lock the Norris, man. I just appreciate your perspective. I appreciate Adamba, the the the, the meaning and the intent and, and everything you talked about today touches our society, black people, right? I'm just yeah. I'm being real clear. Touches our experience. And not everybody has had that experience, but mm -hmm. a lot of us are. And a lot of us know people who have went through those different things, whether it's education, whether it's incarceration, systemic racism, whatever it might be, self self discovery, self identity, re 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 reinvention, remaking. Mm -hmm. I call it remaking yeah. yourself, re being able mm -hmm. to remake. You went down one path, that path got cut off, and so you had to do a different thing. That's what we do all day, y'all. <laughs> right? That's what yeah. we do as a people. So yeah. I appreciate it so much, man. Um, tell us a little about what's, what's going on. Go ahead. I know you, you wanted to add something. Go ahead. No, yeah. I just wanted to add one more thing about that suffering piece. Uh, um, and just say most of the time, um, why we don't walk through our suffering is because we want it to go away. Right. Absolutely. And, and um, what I've come to realize and what I share with people I come in contact with is we have to understand the things that we go through um don't leave mm -hmm. right so we're we're beings of knowledge and experience mm -hmm. right so whatever experiences we have in our life they don't go away right yeah. and so we want the suffering to go away and what i encourage people is no it's not going to go away but you you can heal and you can learn how to live with the experience. And mm -hmm. then you can use that experience in a very different way than yeah. it being a, a barrier or impeding you from engaging in healthy things. Yeah. So it's important as we embrace suffering, we have to know that the thing that is causing the suffering is never going to go away, but we're developing a way to learn and live with it uh, that it can be productive in our lives, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's the key, right, of it all, is how can we take what we went through and use it in a way to help other people that we come in contact with. Right. And and I think that that is just a testament to who you are as a person, right? Because in a lot of instances, we do the opposite, where we don't allow the things that we went through to improve the lives of other people through our testimony and through our service. Instead, we allow it, and I've done it, and I'm a victim of it. I will, you allow it to shroud your 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 thought process. You allow it to make you jaded. You allow it to separate you and turn you into someone that you maybe aren't, but you haven't dealt with the cessation of suffering, and, and you haven't pushed through it, and you and you haven't owned it. Um, and so as you run away from it. You know, I'm I'm a hundred percent. It's always gonna catch you. You can't run yeah. fast enough. It's gonna get you while you sleep. It's gonna get you while you eating. Right? It's gonna yeah. always catch you. And so, as opposed to running away from it, move towards it. You might not run through it, but walk through it. Yeah. Serve it. Allow it to serve its purpose. Because, like you said, and I love it. You know, we're beings of of knowledge and experience, man. And the experience, the experiential part, is what makes us human. So, yes. don't run from the human piece of this and involve and invest yourself in it so that you can heal and so that you can mind your mentals and come out on the other side as a better person. Um, and that again, is a testament of if you do the work, anything is possible. Um, and you know, that's how we started this with you talking about your mom moving you and your brother out of Inglewood to 
you know, where we are now at the end of the show of like, literally, you could, if you apply yourself to it, you could get it done. Um, but it's going to take action on your part to go and get that process completed. Yeah. 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 Dr. Norris, thank you again. Um, today was powerful. It was, Absolutely. It was it is, this is just, it was healing for me just to, to have that connection with your journey. Cause like I yeah. said, like I resonate on every aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and there's connection. And so it's just, just reaffirms that we're more connected than we think. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and we have to start moving towards that. I don't say not collective mindset and that meaning that we all got to, got to think the same, but yeah. we have to have a collective understanding and empathy that a lot of us have gone through experiences that are eerily similar. And, and yeah. we and we start supporting each other from that perspective. Um, Dr. Norris, where can we find you? What's going on? Just give us a little bit about things you got going on now, um, where you teach at, any events you have coming up. Just, you know, let the people know how they can st stay engaged and stay in touch with you. Uh, yeah, so right now I'm teaching full-time uh, tenure track position at the University of C the Cumberlands as an assistant professor in the counseling program. Congratulations. Right, uh, yeah, so um, and their mental uh, masters in mental health clinical counseling, and then I'm also doing some doctoral work with dissertations with doctoral students. So you can find me there. Uh, you know, you can definitely tap in with me on Instagram at at Athamba Counseling. Um, also, I'm doing some work with uh, Black BIPOC uh, nurses. Uh, I have a wellness support group that I partner and co-facilitate with um, a, a nurse that uh, does anesthesia, right? A brother, he's been doing it for 10 years. So we're holding space, uh, particularly for uh, nurses of color, um, because they're experiencing a lot of the things that we're talking about today in that setting, right? And mm -hmm. their training doesn't help them manage the mental health side of things. So. Yeah. I have injected myself in that space and um, to give folks the tools to manage the microaggressions, right? Yeah. Uh, being the first, right, to it, get this advanced degree, the level of money that's going to be attached to it once you get done, right? Mm -hmm. And where's your mindset at? And so I really have been engulfed in that work, right, which is awesome. And then lastly, um, I'm doing work around hip hop. Right. Um, hip hop is a part of my work. Um, I inject it in my work as a counselor. Um, I had an article. Um, I'm doing revisions, but it should be getting published in the fall around how you integrate hip hop, prepare counselors to integrate hip hop to work with BIPOC identified males. Right. Nice. Um, because I think that's a culture that's connected to us. Um, that can be a pathway to help us understand our own lived experience through language or music, right? Because we hear these hip hop artists talk about the conditions of our community or what they went through. Um, and so that's a space that I'm in, that I'm cultivating in as a scholar, but also as a practitioner as well. Awesome, Dr. I love it, man. Wait a second. I just realized something, bro. Is that Cameron with the pink on, man, in, in your background? I've been sitting here looking at oh, this. Yeah. Yo, I'm dying. I was sitting here looking at this the whole time. And I'm like, yo, yo, that's Cameron. <laughs> that's awesome, man. And, and to Tim's point around, like, just the collective experience of us 
we sat here on this podcast today and, you know, Dr. Norris, you're from the West Coast, Tim and I from the East Coast, and the amount of overlap in our experience is incredible, right? And so, again, it's not if you're from Detroit or if you're from New Orleans, you know, as a Black man, our experiences, how we're seeing in society is the same. It don't even matter where you're from, right? When yeah. when society sees you, they perceive you similarly. And so again, I think it's important for us to just be able to own that. Yes, we have different experiences, but the amount of common overlap is, is transformational. When we can lock into that, as opposed to locking into the little small differences that we have as a community, man, it's just gonna help us flourish. And also what you're doing of like seeing a need and saying, hey, I got the wherewithal to step into that space. Tim with the Ladipo group, right? Like seeing a need and the need could be, it could not even be in your bucket, but you mm -hmm. know that you have lived experience, like you said, and you have knowledge and intuition that you can share that can also help liberate other people. Like that's minding your mentals, bro, right? Like yes. that's really taking care of the community. That's building people up. And, and I find nothing but beauty in that, man. And so, you know, I lift both of y'all brothers up because- you continue to push yourselves in ways that successful people like yourselves don't do. So more power to y'all, man. Keep pushing it because there are other folks that maybe haven't been heard or their stories haven't been told that are looking for a Tim, looking for a Dr. Norris. And the fact that y'all are out here actively looking for them too is a beautiful thing, man, for sure. Yeah. And again, Absolutely. Dr. Norris, you know, thank you again for coming on today, Mal. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you're doing with 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 with, with advocating and beating and knocking doors down to create more black teachers for our yeah, black absolutely. kids. It's it's important. Um, yes. you know, your leadership yes. with El Mecky, that, that the stuff y'all doing is just incredible. Just uh, not just in Philly, but nationwide. So we're all we we we're all in it and doing and playing our part. And that's the yeah. thing that you know, I, I will I will say that we are playing our part. Right? Like some people are on the front doing the most and that's right. what they because they have that 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 blow horn and, and can can make major moves but we still need people in the fields we still need people in the trenches and and that's where we are we're in the trenches seeing things and making change everywhere we can go and that's what we're supposed to do you know if, if we can and we have the ability the capacity we can't sit on the sideline we we got to get involved in the way we can get involved that's best so I appreciate the effort of these, of these men on the, on this on this um podcast today. I love y'all brothers, right? Thank that you, that's brother. what that's what that's how we live. We love each other, right? Dr. Norris, love you, bro. Yeah, love you, Dr. Norris, man. man. Great and to I meet love you, bro, man. This is how we live. This is this is this yeah. is the this is yes. the shift. This is the absolutely. shift in our culture as black men. So, yes, sir. appreciate y'all yeah. so much today. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then I'll just say again, Thank you for both of you brothers and what you're doing, the platform you created. Um, it's all about unity, not un yeah. uniformity, right? Yeah. And and I think that this this space allows us to continue to unite, even if we're different. Mm -hmm. But we we can use our skill sets to come together to help each other to make greater change. Yeah. And you you guys bringing folks on to talk about their different experiences, perspectives is creating to that unity right yeah um so appreciate the work man from both Absolutely. of you nah thank you my brother um tim love you you know you already know how we we do man it's important yeah. listen folks listen if you're a black man and you're not telling your, your homies and, and your brothers 
that you love them, you missing out on an important component of life, man, right? Hug your people, give them their flowers while they're here because you can't have these conversations when they're gone. And so the importance of being in the moment, right? Like we always say, stay present and stay positive. The point of that is to be immersed in the moment. Live this thing, man. Life could be beautiful if you let it, right? And, you know, I'm somebody that I finally realized that over the years that like, man, this is a beautiful thing if you if you accept the suffering and you go through the trials and tribulations on the other side, it, it's so much beauty to it. So um, as always, man, just excited to be on this journey with you, Tim. Again, Dr. Norris, thank you again for your time. This Peace, is another bro. episode of the Mind Your Mentals podcast featuring Tim and Mal. Stay present, stay positive. Peace. Thank you as always for listening to an episode of Mind Your Mentals podcast featuring Tim and Mal. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can always contact us through our Gmail account at mindyourmentalspodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us through our website, mindyourmentals.com. That's M-I-N-D-Y-A-M-E-N-T-A-L-S.com. Also, please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn at Mind Your Mentals Podcast featuring Tim and Mal on Twitter at Mind underscore Ya, that's Y-A underscore Mentals, and on Instagram at M-Y-M Podcast. As always, we really appreciate you. Stay present, stay positive, stay focused on your mental health. And if you ever need anything from us, don't hesitate to reach out.